brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. Welcome to this Suds episode where everything good in life is worth discussing here on Sips, Suds, and Smokes. I'm one of your hosts here at the table. Good old boy Mike. Joining me as well is good old boy Dave. When do we get to drink the beer? Um, Soon, Dave. <clears throat> uh, you've been drinking already, so I- I'm sure you'll get around to something that's good. <clears throat> Other than introducing yourself. Also joining me here at the table is good old boy Juliana. Salute. Um... So this is a, another Sud segment that we have today. Um, we'll get to talk about some really great beers. Sips, Suds, and Smokes is sponsored by Craft Beer Kings. Craft Beer Kings is a home for all of your beer, wine, and mead needs. They're home of the mystery box. Hey, what's in that box? Uh, you can reach them at www.craftbeerkings.com. Our Sud segment... Our, our Sud segment... Well... Tongue twister two times around. Try to repeat that. Our sud segments are all about beer, beer, and definitely more beer, and not tongue twisters. Um, we have a really great show lined up today. It's a show and tell segment as well as a bit of a beer style show. So, uh, really have a great discussion coming up. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in a second. First off, Juliana gets the honors of going over our suds ratings for today. Now, Dave, pay attention, man. I'm uh, sorry. What were you saying? I, I'm I'm telling you. <laughs> You could be this good reading the Suds ratings just with a little bit of practice, okay? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay, kids. We'll be tasting and discussing these beers and rating them with our classic Suds ratings plus our signature belching sounds. Here are those ratings now. Number one. Ugh, that sucks. Give me anything but a bud. You see how she channeled a little bit of, you know, feeling into it? And the Academy Award goes to <laughs> number two. <clears throat> Was that a belch? Yeah. See, she's driving emotion she's as well as you know, yes, she is method acting it. right here. Yeah. Sandy B's got nothing. Because on usually when I belch, I usually feel like I have that uh, you know feeling. Thank you. Number three. <sighs> what a relief. That sounded like something completely different. It sounded like somebody from Germany. <laughs> it's a different show. <laughs> Number four. A body should really not make that sound. Uh, Sounds like uh, us when we go to bed. We've had a lot of people that it, you know want to you know they want to audition for you know our suds ratings. So. I, I believe so. Mm-hmm. They, better, have, they better bring it. If they're going to beat her out, they better bring it. Mostly people from Alabama. Banned yeah. <laughs> once again. Ain't that the truth? All right, and lastly, number five. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. Wow! There you go. I'm impressed. Setting the bar high and often. Uh, Once again, thank you, Juliana, for that wonderful rendition, Dave. (laughs) I I uh, have no chance. You have zero chance, man. I just need to line things up for you. We just need to work on about eight takes and just right. play it you know pre-recorded in in the future for you so 
Today's show is a show-and-tell episode. Each host has brought a beer to talk about. The rest of us have had a chance to try all those beers, and each host is going to go and introduce their beer, discuss their tasting notes, and then actually rate the beer. So we've actually combined two of our style shows. We have a beer style show, and then we have a show-and-tell. So everybody's kind of brought a very common beer for us to talk about. We have uh, one... Uh, style today and that is going to be Goza is the style of beer that we're going to get to talk about <clears throat> Yay. now um, Goza is actually not a very widely popular uh, style in the US and we really think that that's mostly due to a lack of education and choices uh, for most consumers and we really think that you'll love these once you actually try them this is an awesome flight that we have lined up today and uh, we've done some things a little bit intentionally with this flight. Um, we have the Die Hard Reference Standard. I brought that one. And that beer is from Lipsig and is called uh, Ritter Guts Original Goza. Mm, taste um, the guts. Yep. And uh, so that is the reference standard from Germany. Then we have uh, a couple of beers that Dave has brought uh, Anderson Valley's Blood Orange Goza. Taste the blood. Um, the other one that Dave's going to talk about is Here Goes Nothing from Distill. Taste the nothing. <laughs> the two beers that Juliana brought is uh, a brand new market, a, a brand new beer on the market, not a brand new market, a brand new beer on the market called Jammer from Six Point Brewery. And the last beer uh, that we'll talk about is Westbrook's Goza. So a really awesome flight. Um, <clears throat> and it was We'll, uh, we'll get to talk about this uh, quite a bit, the nature of this flight as well as these beers. Juliana and I are going to spend just a moment kind of talking a little bit about some of the background of Goza uh, itself. So <clears throat> this particular beer is uh, has been around a very long time. Um, probably in Germany, at least the Lipstick that we're talking about today has been around for about 400 years. Um, although the style of beer has been around just a little bit longer. Hang on a second. Let me clear my throat. <clears> there <throat> we go. There's the original mic. Uh, so <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, this beer uh, was utilized as a component of wage. Um, since beer itself is something that is widely utilized as a an element of actually paying labor. Um, so it, that goes back a very long way, all the way to like the Egyptians, you know, um, as a way of actually keeping workers happy as to give them, you know, some style of a fermented product, be it meat or beer or something like that. Um, this was a, a beer that was very popular in Germany, um, right through the turn of the, um, uh, agricultural, um, agrarian uh industry and and moving into what we know now as a modern day uh industrial um era so this was actually used by as a daily beverage um for most of the german beer consumers for a very long time um so it's definitely something that's been around for a very long time i, I thought what was really interesting about some of our discussion is that um You'll hear us talk an awful lot about flavor today and um, both subtle elements of flavor as well as I would describe as in your face, you know, flavors as well. And one of the things that, um, you know, there is there's no such equivalent as, you know, a vendapa. Um, 
you know, beer. Um, a lot of session style beers are very close to that. They can be, you know, widely consumed because of their low ABV content, but that doesn't necessarily reflect a tremendous amount of flavor. And wine in a Vendipal, which is basically the wine of the day, you still have a tremendous amount of flavor, you know, in those wines. But the problem is that they spoil rather quickly. They don't hold up well. They don't age well. It's just the nature of a lot of the grapes that they tend to use. This particular beer is something that really has a tremendous amount of flavor. And it's it's really unfortunate that right now uh, that a lot of the American consumers are kind of stuck in a rut of what we describe as nearly flavorless uh, beer as a daily consumption. So Juliana and I were talking a little bit about some more history around uh, Goza itself. Um, as well as uh, a lot of great information from the German Beer Institute, which I loved as well. Hey, this is a great website, dude. It really is. Um, yeah, what I thought was interesting, and you know, it, it kind of makes sense. Back in um, in Germany, you know, be, since this beer itself is about a thousand year old recipe, um, they did not have refrigerators so they were salting a lot of their foods so this style of beer goes really well with it because it is a salty beer um so it goes a lot with those salted brine foods that they had very readily available to them because of non for um refrigeration issues mm. what's interesting though is that they also um would use this beer like a berliner vice in the sense that they would add fruits to it um the the syrups to to help make that aftertaste not so bitter and not so sharp um of note to this day though they still use a clear caraway schnapps in their gozas um which i find really interesting because you're Mm. getting like this kind of added spiciness yeah well one of the things we didn't talk about is the basic style characteristics or flavor is driven from three elements one is coriander Mm -hmm. uh some of you in the u.s might recognize that as just cilantro so it's just cilantro seed then you have salt and then there's a bit of a sourness that's usually coming off this beer those are the three you know kind of underpinnings of basically a, a goza you know itself so yeah a couple other uh, quick uh, elements here well as of note you know it was really hard to find gozas here in the united states until after the berlin wall fell in 1989 then um there was a resurgence of german beers german beer styles and with the opening of um german beers coming to the united states the goza was on the ships and, and came over and we started to embrace it that also in the f- and also in the fact of the last what four or five years there's been this craft food movement as well as craft beer movement for all these like interesting kind of old school flavors and um ways of incorporating them into modern food that i think we're going into these sort of archaic styles and bringing them out so something like Ngoza that was otherwise thought of as a bitter beer back in the day is now becoming like a commonplace and in some cases we can almost consider this like a lawnmower beer huh how about that well uh the thing i've enjoyed so far is uh uh, the pronunciation for this beer is still in grand dispute (laughs) so listen if you didn't catch chris uh and i talking about how to say goza correctly on a previous episode here is once again one of the most famous skits since abbott and costello's who's on first here on sip suds and smokes check it out 
Welcome to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. This is good old boy Mike, and joining me for this episode is good old boy Chris. Koza. <laughs> okay. All right. So, listen, we have this episode coming up, Chris, and we've got to figure out how to say this beer that you've made for the GABF program correctly. And the correct pronunciation is in dispute, although we've both researched this, and I mean, uh, I think it's Gozea. It's Goza. Because like Look, um, I've called the Philadelphia Beer Authority, I've looked up the German Beer Society, and it says clearly on there. It says, it says Rosea. Oh, it's it's Goza, like you know, she goes to the beach. Goes. Uh. No, we're not talking about how somebody goes anywhere. There was, this is about a beer. <laughs> no, but it's 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 an easy pronunci- pronunciation. It's Goza. <clears throat> if it's so easy, then why can't we get it right? <laughs> gotta get this right man because if our listeners don't know how to say this beer they're gonna walk up to a bar and they're gonna go i want a gozea and see they'll get the right beer oh it's it's goza so but there's not a bartender alive that would know what what that would mean but if they ask for gozea it's goza they would get the right beer right it's goza so i think we should say it correctly which is no, goza 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 Look, if I was at a bar with a German sitting next to me, and I leaned over and I asked the German, uh, hey, Gunter, how do you say Gozea? On guten Tag, I, is, I would say Gozea. See, that's it's exactly how I'd say it. It's a, um, <laughs> say a go, it's Goza. <clears throat> yeah, but see, that's the name of a river. That's not the name of a beer. No, but it's, it's Goza, though. You know, it's like... Um, like rose, uh, goza, like the flower rose. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said polka. Oh, no, no. Goza, not polka. Go- uh, goza. Oh, well, gozea, just like I said it. No, goza. <sighs> Boy, I tell you what, we, we've got to get this right. So, you know, for this episode, we're going to call it gozea. Well, you're bound to mess me up through this uh, episode, and I'll, I'm sure I'll say it wrong. Maybe just, we should just have because more, of this. We I should mean, have more beer while we're talking about I, this. I think so, but it is Goza, so. All right, maybe some more polka music. Hey, Gozea. Goza. One of the most famous uh, routines right here on Sip, Suds, and Smokes, right here uh, on Encore, just for all of you today. So, um, that that was so funny, and you know I, I still say Gozea just on occasion, just to just to throw everybody off, right? Why do Germans have to make things so hard to say? <laughs> Why can't we just call it salty beer? I mean, that's what it is, right? It's salty orange beer. It is. You know, they do things just so that they can see if they trip you up, Dave. That's it. Yeah. It's it's because you're super special. Ryan Heinz Kaputz. You know? <laughs> Come on, dude. 
just just say beer law you know get over it <laughs> i completely agree well you know and i you still watch people as you know they're they're trying to say this they they just they really struggle with it and so we uh we were talking with uh uh, some friends uh, that do a UK podcast, and uh, we were chatting a little bit about this episode, and they were like, "Oh, you're you're doing a show on Goes, right?" We're like, "No, it's Goza." <laughs> just like walked right into the bullet too. So you just gotta love it. Even the Brits can screw this up, you know. It's fabulous. <laughs> well, uh, no matter uh, what. However you describe this beer, I would say that uh, you're not going to miss the flavor profiles from this. That's for sure. And I would say definitely polka music is a requirement if you're going to enjoy this. Uh, uh, definitely this beer for sure. <laughs> See, Dave, isn't it a lot easier to say it, you know? When you're listening to polka music, <laughs> well, listen, we'll be right back after this segment break, and we'll talk a lot more about the beers that we've uh, all brought to uh, share with all of you. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. You are listening to a Suds episode today. We have a beer style show and show and tell show. Each of us has brought a beer from a style code Goza. Is that how we're going to say it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, I'm at the cool moment, anyway. Except for you, Dave, right? I'm going to say salty beer. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's the wrong button again. You can say salty beer. Salty. <laughs> So we have uh, five beers that we're going through, and uh, actually I'm going to go first. I'm going to talk a little bit about the beer that I brought, um, mainly because this is the reference style um, for Goza. It is from Lipzig, it's the name of the brewery in Germany, and the name of the beer is called Ritterguts Original Goza. Um, this beer has been around a long time. Uh, this beer uh, was first made in 1738. Wow. So it has definitely been around a very long time. And it's really considered uh, very much the reference standard for this style of beer. And uh, so it was really kind of great, you know, that we got to taste this kind of in line, you know, with, with everything else. I've had, I've had, you know, maybe some of these beers previously before today. And the thing that I liked is we were able to kind of bounce it up, you know, against that reference standard and really trying to think you know is this better or you know worse or about the same you know kind of as the reference standard we all you know judge beer and beer competitions and i think that's one of the things that you know you miss at the table is you know always having you know that reference standard kind of right there to kind of remind your palate to say oh yeah this is what you're looking for man mm -hmm. so um, so it was really great to kind of have that with these commercial examples. My tasting nuts for the Lipzig, um, this is definitely the original standard. A just perfect balance of the salt and the sour, you know, coming off this. 
the, I can understand why this beer has been around for a long time and why it was so widely consumed because it's just one of those things that I really think you could drink an awful lot of it and just all day long. This is one of those things they bring you one of those, you know, one liter steins and you'll go, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> um, you know, could I probably handle a stein of Dunkel as well? Yeah, but I think I'd probably have this you know maybe over some of those uh sweeter varieties of german style beers and uh so my suds rating uh for the um ritter guts original is a five easily uh dave what do you think about the uh you know the reference standard here well i i really liked it i i didn't taste the guts um but <laughs> you know there was some ritter in there um <laughs> But no, uh, it, 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 to me, it, I got a lot of honey. Um, it, there was some sweetness. I, I did get some of the coriander and the salt, but it was very subtle. Um, and and I, it would be interesting to go back in time and have this be the first Goza that I had tried rather than some of the American interpretations so that this could truly be a, a, a reference for me but I do find this to be just on its own in terms of drinkability I could drink a lot of this beer especially on a hot sunny day and I think it was a very tasty beer and I would give it a four a four uh, uh, about that <clears throat> uh, body should really not make that sound Juliana what did you think about the Ritterguts original Goza you know, in the scheme of things, this was the original lawnmower beer. <laughs> um, Didn't have lawnmowers back in 1738. Right. Kids, go outside. Start <laughs> yeah. start whacking away at the, at the put weeds. The, <laughs> put the goats out in the yard. I'm going to sit on the porch and drink <laughs> this, some of this yeah. beer. I know, but what a what a great balance beer, um, you know, in knowing what kind of foods were available at the time. It... It makes complete sense, and it's just a good balance of salt and sweet, and um, definitely something I could drink more and more of. And I gave this a four. Oh wow, four! Good solid four. About that. A body should really not make that sound. Well, uh, just what a real treat, you know, this was. Um, you know that we actually had, you know, this here at the table uh, to compare against uh, the other things that you guys brought. So. I'm looking forward, and I would say we're probably going to do a lot of, well, this tastes the same as the Ritter Guts or better or worse. So that's the reason why we actually kind of talked about that one first. So you kind of knew where our head was at, um, or I should say where our palates are kind of attuned to as we kind of go around through the rest of these. So Dave, you brought a couple of beers. Um, why don't you tell us about the beers you brought today? Sure. I'll start with the Anderson Valley uh, Blood Orange Goes. Goza, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> so this is a, um, it, it's based on the uh, traditional Leipzig style, uh, with the exception um, that uh, during fermentation, blood orange was added. Um, this is an excellent beer. It's very refreshing, very good. Whereas with the uh, Ritter guts, I did I, I got some honey and some sweetness. I don't get as much of that with this. Um, I get the the clean um, the wheat flavors, but I also get definitely get the citrus of the blood orange mixed with 
Uh, it complements the coriander very well, and then it finishes with a little bit of saltiness. So I would give this also a four. A four as well. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Nobody should really not make that sound. Juliana, what would you think about the uh, Blood Orange Gouze from Anderson Valley? This was a great beer. Um, and for me, in the beginning, I got a bit of, like, a, just a slight hint of sweetness of the blood orange before it was overtaken by the wheat and the mm-hmm. salt. But again, what a great blend and what a great idea of putting a blood orange into a goza. I mean, it's not a common um fruit that you see a lot of beers made with usually the citrus is a more traditional you know orange yeah. lemon lime something so, that would have been more tart than sweet and yeah. they've gone for something more sweet than tart exactly yeah. so i thought this was a really great idea putting a blood orange in there and again a very easy drinking summer beer and a solid four wow how about that yeah, this, this definitely reminds me of an experiment that was done maybe at the brewer's break table. You know, it's like, hey, man, uh, you know, what are you going to do with that uh, blood orange juice you got right there? Why don't you dip a little bit of that into the goza and see what mm-hmm. that tastes like? This literally almost tastes like an experiment like that on the fly, doesn't it? Sure. Because mm-hmm. I have not seen anybody combine anything like that. And, you know, at the same time, I think that there was some brilliance you know looking at the measure of balance because usually when you have something that's salty um you want something that's sweet to kind of counterbalance that you know on your palate itself and so uh, my tasting notes for the uh, blood orange um you know the orange and the citrus is actually very forward um i actually is a little bit too sweet for me um compared to the standard but then again i this is one of this is one in the flight that I like that it stands up well on its own. Um, I don't. Yeah, I think this is one of these things where I think comparing it against the um, the Ritter guts is. I actually think you're doing yourself a disservice by doing that and not yeah. just simply enjoying the beer for what it is. Um, so it is a, a a really solid beer and I do like it. I love the innovation element of it. So it it what I think the flavor profile is quite innovative. I give this a three. Oh, what a relief. So there's your first beer, Dave. What else did you bring? Well, um, with the with the next beer, I want, I want to mention, first off, that with the Ritter Guts, uh, it was a 4.2% beer. The uh, Anderson Valley, I believe, uh, potentially with the addition of the Blood Orange, was a 4.7. So... 0.5% APV is not a huge difference, but it it really, you know, can bring out some different flavor characteristics. Um, the next one is Here Goes uh, Nothing from uh, Distill in Bloomington, Illinois. So the Midwest strikes Home of again. a huge insurance company somewhere That's around right. there. I'm sorry. Um, is, it, is it normal? Is it normal to talk about it? Sure. No, it's Bloomington. Oh God! <laughs> wow, you locals, you know what I'm saying. He's here all day. Well, yep, that's right. I'm sorry. I should have buzzed myself there. Thank you. Let's tell some corn jokes. Jokes now. Oh yeah. So um, any anyway, back to the beer. Um, so here goes a nothing. Is uh, is actually five percent. So it's a little bit stronger. Um, the acidity on this one is pretty heavy uh compared to the others um it's it's a good beer um 
this is me taking a sip um there's a lot of burn to me from the acidity so it's it's a little unbalanced um i would give this one actually a three a three oh what a relief juliana what do you think of here goes nothing from the steel yeah i'm I'm kind of along the same vein it's it's a little unbalanced a little bit more saltier than um malty and um i'm just getting a lot of salt at the very end and it, it would take a bit for me to have another one of these i'm giving it a three a three wow oh what a relief hmm well, <clears throat> I have to say, uh, I really love the aroma that came off this beer. Yeah. Um, so I got to smell this really fresh after Dave. This came out of can, by the way. Excuse me. And um, so I actually got to enjoy this, you know, right after uh, Dave poured it. Um, but then I, uh, I tasted it shortly after that, and uh, you guys were sitting there with me. The first things I wrote down is. Okay, is this a smarty or a sour head? <laughs> because it it had that powdery, sugary, you know, uh, tart, you know, element around it. Mm-hmm. Really harsh. And it was just like invasive too, you know, almost like the British, you know, coming in with their flutes, you know, wanting to uh, attack my palate. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's a different show. Anyway, so... Uh, the uh yeah it just was not something i i terribly enjoyed at all um it really had a very salty finish on the back end as well i have to say uh of everything in this flight i'm sorry this is a suds rating of one for me i have to say that sucks give me anything but a bud i would not go back to this so sorry not my cup of tea well, uh, there you have uh, three beers uh, that we have talked about uh, for today so far. We have two more to talk about from Juliana has brought uh, two. Let's go through one, then we'll take a break, and we'll come back and talk about your last one. So what, what beers did you bring today? Okay, so the first one I want to talk about is from Six Point, and I'm a big fan of that Brooklyn brewery. Fabulous Yay. brewery. Yeah. Yay. Makers of resin. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and high, high resin. resin, too. Yep. Yeah. So in their Cycliquid series, which is a cycle of beers that they produce throughout the year. Okay. Yeah. Um, they have their mad scientist uh, line as well. Right. Um, this is not in that, where they would actually combine this with, say, chili powder <laughs> you know or something strange you that know, may or, be nice or uh, pickled cucumbers or sure, something sure. small dog <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah we okay let him out in public too don't we? <laughs> so so jammer is um is made by the mad scientists you know they 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 took the traditional goza rep um recipe and then their friends at Jacobson's Salt hooked them up with the salt. So it's a local salt that they're using oh, in cool. this beer. Yeah, I know. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, and at 4.2%, this is a this is their version of the traditional Goza. It, to me, is a bit more malt forward than what I would want out of a Goza. That being said, um, the aftertaste on it, you do get that saltiness. And... It's a it's a very distinctive salt taste. I'm I'm maybe that's because it's coming from that Long Island, New York area, you know, because the water's very interesting out that way. Um, on bodies on, on that part of the Atlantic, I, I was thinking of the fish, oh. <laughs> but that's just me. 
Um, that being said, this is a good try at um, at a Goza, but to me, it's a little dialed down um, from what I would want as a as a traditional Goza, and I'm giving this a three. A three. <clears throat> uh, what a relief. Uh, so my tasting notes here on Jammer from Six Point. Um, so of the ones that are here in our lineup, I believe that the here goes nothing and jammer i think are probably some of the newer um mm-hmm. products that have been introduced to the uh, uh marketplace and jammer is very new um i just i can't say enough good things about six point i mean i just, i love that brewery i really do i mean i i really do consume an inordinate amount of resin uh beer um i think than, we all do yeah i mean it's just it is definitely such a fabulous uh IPA. I mean, I just I can't say enough good things about that. Did I say enough good things about resin? Anyway, I don't think you said enough. I don't good think things. I sold it more. up. Come on, yeah, come on. You got um, more in you. But you know, uh, having uh, spent a lot of time there in the New York metro area, you um, the, a lot of the Mad Sound Scientist line is something that's distributed on tap um, to a number of venues there in uh, the, the New York metro area, and it you kind of run into it and you're like oh what's that from uh you know from Mm -hmm. six point and definitely some of the stuff in the mad scientist line is definitely out there you know um it is it's like you know pickle cucumber with you know a hint of habanero you know uh coupled Mm -hmm. with a pilsner you know or something like that you know Mm. um and definitely the flavors are kind of all over the place um sometimes they're really great sometimes it's like okay this is not working you know um so i'm really glad that they decided to go after a traditional german style that is a new twist for six point uh so here are some of my tasting notes on jammer um, you know, it had a citrus kind of bitterness, you know, about it. You know, sometimes when you almost kind of catch a little bit of the rind off of an orange or that the bitterness coming off of a lemon, um, it's very carb heavy. Um, of all the ones that we had, you know, this was one that had a tremendous amount of, uh, was very light on the tongue. Um, it's not very salty. Um, and I think that's maybe where, when you're having the Ritter guts next to it, this was something that kind of fell off the table. Um, it was like, where'd the flavor go? You know, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't bad. In fact, I actually wrote this is very drinkable. Um, but I think standing it up right right next to the Ritter guts, um, you kind of saw where it just it kind of fell apart. You know, from a flavor profile standpoint. So I think a lot of people will love drinking this if they never have the Ritter guts. Um, I think they'll enjoy the you know this quite a bit. Um, I just think that it's uh, one of those things where they um, where they'll have to appeal to someone uh, that is not necessarily looking for something that is directly to style for a summer beer. This is gonna be a knockout product, I think, for them. So. My sedge rating uh, for the jammer from Six Point is a two, which is was that a belch, Dave? What do you think of jammer from Six Point? <clears throat> I think I, I kind of agree with a lot of what you said, which is weird, but um, <laughs> um, absolutely, I completely as, agree. Uh, as a goza, you know, I, I think 
uh, Chris should go up and uh, give them some of his uh, acidulated malt to put into it the next batch if uh-huh. they want to make a goza. Uh, it, lo- it it lacks that acidity completely. Uh, it's it's just not there. There's the orange, the coriander, and a little bit of salt. So those parts are there, but the just that that bite of a little bit of acid is totally missing this kind of reminds me of a blue moon in a Uh way um but that kind of goes with what you would say is you know a summertime beer that a lot of people would drink this is it i mean you know sitting out on a patio you know sipping on a beer this is what you would want yeah and it's really tasty in that respect but as it goes uh i would have to give it a two hmm how about that a two as well <clears throat> what's that a belch well uh so one of the other things uh that i forgot to mention while we were talking about the uh the ritter guts was on the label they actually encouraged you to shake the bottle up you know mm-hmm. to kind of move the yeast around which is kind of the opposite of what i think about you know that you're actually wanting to do with the bottle where the yeast is actually settled to the bottom you actually want to work it mm-hmm. you know uh, to avoid, you know, actually pouring, you know, the dregs, so to speak, you know, in your in your glass. <clears throat> I think that probably gets some of the salt back up into the uh, solution as well. Yeah, too. I agree. And definitely when we did that with the Ritter Guts, we kind of shook it up a little bit. And it it picked up the nose, you know, yeah. uh, you know, quite a bit as well. And so I don't know if that is a wide practice you would do with all these beers, um, but... That was definitely some instructions on the Ritter Guts itself that I'm just kind of sorry we missed that step, you know, before we opened the bottle itself. I have a feeling the aroma would have been a bit more pronounced, you know, coming off of it, you know, right at that moment as well. And uh, I think you would have definitely uh, maybe had a bit more salt forward, like like Dave was mentioning, uh, for sure. So, well, um, a very interesting uh, lineup so far. Um, And... uh, we will. Uh, we're going to take another break here, and we will be back uh, right after this with some more discussion about Joyana's picks. So we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Today we have a Suds episode. We're talking about a beer style called Goza. And this is a show-and-tell episode. Each of us has brought a beer to share with each other. And we're talking about each of those beers, rating them as we're talking about this style in general. We have one more beer to talk about that Juliana brought. So, Juliana, tell us about the last beer that you brought. So, my second and last beer of the day is from Westbrook. It is their Goza. Um, it is 4%, and it is their interpretation of a Goza, which is a traditional German-style sour wheat beer brewed with coriander and salt. Once nearly extinct, this very refreshing style is making a comeback. Um, what's interesting is that this beer first came out in April of 12. Hmm. I know. Like... You know, so in the scheme of things, it is a couple oh years old. I had it till a year later, at right? Least. Exactly, and that's what I was thinking too. Like, <clears throat> oh my god. Anyways, um, what I thought was interesting about this flight in particular was that you know we had the beer that you brought, which we didn't know you brought it, but 
it's the great, it's the gold standard, it's the very traditional sense of what a Goza is. And then um, you had something like Jammers, which is a very light version of that gold standard. Well, the Westbrook goes in a completely opposite direction. This one is, it is in your face. It has got this great smell of citrus and spice and the sea. I almost feel like I am on the coast. And then you taste it and it's just this like overwhelming powerful flavor of the salt and the spice and the citrus and the wheat it's just all there for you it's an americanized version of what a traditional goza is and um i I mean to me i hate to say it but it's the american gold standard of what a goza is and and this beer i gave a good solid four about that (coughs) the body should really not make that sound Wow, were you reading my my tasting notes? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. So, uh, actually, I wrote down the U.S. goes a style standard. <laughs> so there you have it. Um, you know, uh, just uh, so it was interesting that you talked about you know how long this has been in the Westbrook lineup, and that got me thinking. This had to be nearly at the beginning of the of Westbrook itself cuz I don't think that Westbrook was really open that much earlier than that period of time if not, even if um you know the uh, the Thai the Thai white beer that they've made for such a long time um I just don't see that uh that this beer uh would have some would have been something that they would have come out with right from the get go and I wonder if this was just a beer that didn't hit a lot of wide distribution until a year later and maybe that's the reason why you know i probably had it around that time frame um was they just had very limited production of it you know maybe for the first go around or something because um i definitely remember the first moment that i had this um and uh i actually want to give some props up to uh so uh i was at craft brood in nashville tennessee um, I just dropped by to see Ryan, who's been here on the show uh, quite a bit, um, and uh, he just had a can of the Goza, and you know, just kind of cracked it open, and we just, you know, enjoyed it there. And I remember um, that was probably the first the first Goza that I'd had as well, and I just remember this really strange, you know, uh, sensation, this flavor profile, and. You know, I was like, what is that? And what is in that? And, you know, really, I'm like, there's like some spice that's over this. And I couldn't, like, really pick it out. Um, and, you know, it has some kind of herbal quality off of it. And he's like, yeah, it has coriander off it. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I couldn't quite pick it out. I knew something was there. But I just remember uh, nearly consuming half of that can. Um and keep on going back to it going i cannot get enough of this and i just really enjoyed so much of being exposed to that and it seemed like every single goza that i had after that i was completely going back and comparing it to the westbrook even today as we were having the ritter guts i'm guilty of coming back and saying i wonder how well this is going to hold up against the westbrook because it's something that basically polarized my palate to talk about it. It looks like you figured out the mystery. 
Oh, sure. No, I'm just looking, and um, Westbrook started in early 11. Oh, well, there you have it. So yeah, it was so within their right first, the, yeah. the first runs. Huh. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, and it's such a... If anyone, you know, lives in this in South Carolina, North Carolina area and ever has a chance to get out that way, it really is a nice um, a nice brewery with a great tour and a, and a really nice tap room. Um, it, but besides that point, I mean, to have a beer like this as one of your first beers? I know. That's, beers, that's what's playing through my head. I mean, that is badass. All the brewers that we know, I mean, could you imagine kind of looking, you know, at your schedule and going, all right. One of our first five beers is going to be a Goza. Exactly. You know, and everybody just kind of looks at you and goes, uh, wait, what? That is not one of the diehard, you know, standard beers that we're going to sell beer. That's not a red. That's not a brown. It's not an IPA. Um, you know, it's not a it's not a porter. It's not a stout. Are you kidding? What? Say that again. How do you spell that? Right. I mean, you can just almost see the conversation kind of playing out. And so I really love the fact, the bold commitment of not just making the beer, making a great beer. Um, so I don't think that this is a first-to-market uh, issue at all because we're tasting some things, you know, that have been in the market, you know, for a while as well. And I still think that Westbrook has definitely set the bar very high. The rest of my tasting notes here on Westbrook, you know, um, the... The word that I use to really hit uh, Goza is it should have a saline saltiness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've never tasted just straight saline, you know, before, if you don't wear contacts, you know, you'd probably never know what it tastes like. But there is a certain element of the salt, uh, you know, in saline. Um, it's not a cloying on your tongue and it's not a full coating on your tongue, but there's something about the element of salt and water that kind of plays through that you know you're kind of looking for um and so i always think of how much saline element you know is kind of playing out in the ghost this one really has a saline like saltiness that's really just perfect um you took you know uh umbrage to the fact that this was a kind of a kicked up version a lot of flavor to it i personally love that um you know so at the end of the day, I really loved both. I love the Ritter Guts. I love the Westbrook. It's right there with me. It's a five all the way. Um, listen to Hank Time. Give me another. Dave, what did you think about Westbrook goes? What? Oh, sorry. You guys were talking for so long. <laughs> um, so... Is it uh, Davey time? Is that yeah, it? Well, it was in my head. Do you need your own show, man? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um... So what what I was thinking about with the Westbrook is that it is so distinctive from the uh, Ritter Goots uh, and and some of the beers that try to emulate that style that you know like uh, you know we ended up with you know the you know originally there was the English IPA and that was a style and then Americans took their version of that and made. You know the American IPA. I wonder if at some point there should be the you know the the Goza and then the American style Goza because it's they're they're two distinctly different beers. 
there's there's very little you know i mean there's there there's the salt and the coriander and everything but i think with the amped up uh, acidity in the westbrook and i and i do feel that it is the definitive american goza you know i think that should be the reference mark for american style goza whereas the Rittergutz would be the reference beer for traditional goza hmm. so that that that's what i've been thinking about is should there be a distinction between the two different styles because they they do seem very distinctive from each other to me hmm. um for sure drinkability westbrook was the first goes i ever had and i do compare every other goza to it just as guilty huh? um and it's it's amazing um it, it's something you know I, you know we, we talk about lawnmower beers and all that stuff and and i do enjoy drinking it on a hot summer day but to be quite honest it can be cold outside and if i'm looking for something kind of refreshing and just want to drink it if i see a can of it i'm going to drink it no matter what the weather is so it's that good i would definitely give westbrook's goes a five five as well listen to hang time give me another Wow, how cool, Dave. Um, and uh, s- such a fabulous lineup. Um, so, you know, the one thing that we didn't talk about uh, was the temperature of this beer. Mm. And because uh, things definitely changed, um, you know, as the temperature uh, changed, you know, through these beers um, as normal. I personally, I like this beer uh, cold. Mm-hmm. I like it. I don't, I don't like it stone cold where it's completely flavorless, but... As they warmed up, I some of these I actually did not like. You know, I, I didn't enjoy them even more and more. Um, maybe the Ritterguts is the only thing that I just it maintained some of the same flavor profile, but some of the others is just like, wow, okay, this really changed in the glass. What do you guys think about temperature? Yeah, totally. Um, and and I think it's because you know this is a very it's a very light beer and because of the saltiness you almost want that crispness you know as cold as you can take it whereas while it warms up it loses that crispness and then it's just just sort of this bland unsettlingness of of flavors if you will so you know for a lawnmower beer as we were talking about these are great lawnmower beers because they're served cold and they're great um but warmed up, yeah, not so much. This certainly wouldn't stand up like a stout or a porter. I think the Ritter Guts is okay as it warms up because of the balance. Um, it's it's you know it's not too sweet, not too you know acidic or anything. The um, jammer starts out sweet. As it warms up, it gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. Mm. The uh, the here goes a nothing. The and even the Westbrook, you know, they start out very acidic, and as the beer warms up, that acidity becomes even punchier, you know. Um, and then the um, what was the other one? Uh, the Anderson Valley. Oh, Anderson Valley. Yeah, it's blood orange, man. It's good either way. But yeah. 
Um, I, I think it would be second place warm after the Ritter Goods because I think the Blood Orange sort of keeps it from getting too mm. too crazy either way. But the others, their acidity just starts jumping out at you a lot more as it warms up. Mm. Well, uh, really great to... You know, flight uh, definitely all the way around, and I'm so glad we not not only did we just have a really good round of beer, it was this particular flight. Yeah, and uh, I know our listeners can't see this. We have given this flight our ultimate stamp of approval. We have finished all of our sample cups, yes. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> right. which is a very rare thing. And uh, you know that says an awful lot for the quality of the beers you know that we had in front of us. So. Um, I could not uh, encourage you enough to definitely try one of these if you have the opportunity. You'll see it on the menu. You'll go, how do you say that again? Yeah, you can go back and uh, rehearse that with Dave. So, <laughs> goes up. <laughs> well, let's wrap up our uh, show for today. Uh, hang on a second. Do I need to fire up the polka music? Absolutely. Of course. <laughs> of course. Hey, uh, thanks to all of our listeners here on Sip, Suds, and Smokes. You can catch all of our episodes online on iTunes, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. That's a real real word. SoundCloud, (laughs) TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, Uncle John's Basement, and Spreaker, our native media hosts. Our terrestrial radio stations are questioning every element of Dave's questionable German heritage. Yeah, it's good. They're still choosing to pick us up anyway. Listen, if you'd love to hear this show on your favorite radio station, uh, drop on some Lado Hose and grab a six-pack of Goza and go down to the radio station and introduce yourself to the programming director. And send me a picture. Listen, after you're released from uh, jail, um, <laughs> because the restraining order is no longer in effect, <laughs> let us know that you dropped by. Send us a note. Add a photo of that. Uh, we'd love to uh, hear from you. You can reach us anytime online. Our email address is info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every single day. Our handle on Twitter is at sipsudsmoke. Our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Listen, do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a great big help to us. We get to see your feedback as well. Sips, Suds, and Smokes is sponsored by Craft Beer Kings. Craft Beer Kings, the home for all of your beer, wine, and mead needs. Home of the mystery box. It's a mystery. It probably is. You can reach them at www.craftbeerkings.com. Well, we've had a lot of fun here at the Polka House with the Goza for sure. I definitely want to thank my co-host for joining me for this episode. Good old boy Dave, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mike. You're such a good host. <laughs> and folks can reach you online, can't they? Leave the cork in at sipsudsmokes.com. Yeah. What are we uh, asking them to send you this week? A uh, 20 pound kielbasa? No, I've got two of those already this week. <laughs> send me some goza. Oh, there you go. How about that? Good old gal Juliana. Thank you for putting up with Dave. I mean, I'm sorry. Thank you for being here on the show. Watch out for this flying leader, Ozen. Thanks for bosses. Yeah. <laughs> You kids are going to go home with way too much fun. (laughs) Well, this is good old boy Mike asking you to join us once again and keep on sipping.
has been a One Tan Hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.